You're listening to Matt Walsh on demand. Jay Severin. A Rand Paul candidacy might be able to appeal more so than any Republican nominee to African Americans, Hispanics, but especially the young people, the people coming of age. They are fundamentally leave me aloneers. Leave me alone. You know what I want for government? Leave me alone. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to the Matt Walsh Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, uh, being here. It's been an interesting week. It's been a very strange week. Uh, for one thing, I, I've never in my life, I don't think up until this point, I've ever even heard um, a progressive use the phrase rule of law or out of wedlock birth. You know, I've never heard, and this week is the first, I've never heard it before out of the mouth of a, of a, uh, of a liberal person. And this week they, they they've all suddenly discovered this um, this uh, uh, infatuation with with the rule of law, and they've discovered the evils of out of wedlock birth, and that's what that, that's what happened because of this Kim Davis situation. That Kim Davis in Kentucky, the clerk in Kentucky, who's not who's not issuing uh, gay marriage licenses, and is now, as I record this anyway, sitting in sitting in jail in Kentucky. Uh, they say, well, they're very solemn and pious about it. And they say, well, she's, she's disrespecting the rule of law. The rule of law must be respected. As if they care about that. The first time in my life I've ever heard them care about that. And they're also very upset that she uh, had some children out of wedlock. Very upset about that. She had children out of wedlock. It's, it, it, offends, it offends their sensibilities all of a sudden. Uh, it's just very absurd. But I, I wrote a, a piece about the Kim Davis situation. I don't want to repeat myself. Um, in fact, what I'd like to talk to you, uh, talk about today is uh, something that, well, I'll tell you what. Um, I used to think that the most oppressive and cowardly way to shut down a debate was to threaten to kill the other guy if he doesn't stop talking. I used to think that was the, the, the most oppressive way to go about it. Um, and I'm now realizing that this tactic is not really as bad and perhaps not nearly as potent as uh, the other tactic, which is threatening that someone else will kill themselves if the other guy doesn't stop talking. So the old tyrants would say, shut up or I'll murder you. And the new tyrants will say, shut up or that guy over there will murder himself. And I've heard from both types quite a bit. And I have to say that I much prefer the first type. And there's something kind of quaint about them. You know, they're certainly more direct and far less manipulative, I think. You know, they, they, they don't, like, like the second kind, exploit suicide to win an argument. They aren't quite as cold and cruel and sociopathic as all that. And, in fact, they're very, um, they're very emotional people. And their strategy is at least in keeping with, I think, a very long and proud tradition of murderous tyrants who try to eradicate an idea by exterminating the host. Um, and I'm not in favor of this tactic, okay? Don't get me wrong. I definitely would be personally pretty bummed if anyone ever followed through on the death threats that I get all the time. But there's still just something about it. You know, it's kind of cute when someone says, well, uh, shut up or I'll, or I'll murder you. But what I've really come to especially loathe is the other 
more popular tactic of trying to force compliance with a certain worldview by claiming the opposing opinion is causing a suicide epidemic. And, and, and what the first tyrant doesn't understand is that ideas can't themselves be killed. But what the second pretends not to understand is that ideas can't themselves kill. Now, if they become popular enough, they can, uh, you know, probably create an environment of hopelessness and confusion, which might deprive a suicidal person of the guiding light that he needs in his darkest moments. And so it's, it's very legitimate then to look at ideas and to try to determine whether they foster hope and clarity or despair and inner turmoil. Unfortunately, though, that's not the conversation we're allowed to have, you know, not honestly anyway. And that's particularly the, the case when we're dealing with issues like transgenderism, quote-unquote, and homosexuality. Now, I've written uh, plenty of, of pieces on both subjects, and, and each time I'm always accused over and over again by various people of directly and personally causing the suicides of members of these groups. So if I write something about gay marriage, I don't believe in gay marriage, well, uh, homosexuals are going to kill themselves because of what you're saying. And uh, I get that a lot. And, and yesterday I brought a, uh, a predictable... Uh, avalanche of these accusations upon myself after I wrote a piece about quote-unquote transgenders where I uh, very controversially suggested that boys have penises and should therefore use the boys' bathroom and girls have vaginas and should therefore use the girls' bathroom. Now, this is a controversial opinion these days, if you hadn't noticed. Not just that boys and girls should use their respective bathrooms, but, that, but, but even that boy... The phrase boys have penises is now it's offensive. You know, it's, it's a controversial and offensive. For the first time ever in the history of humanity, this is now a controversial statement. Which I think really uh, demonstrates, we like to think that, you know, you start with uh, the beginning of humanity and you, and you go to now and there's just sort of like this uh, upward trajectory where we become more enlightened and intelligent as, as, as uh, you know, as humanity uh, grows and exists. But that, of course, has not been the case. If anything, it's, you know, we might have reached an epoch at some point, but now we're, 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 we're headed back down. And I think intellectually and morally, in a lot of ways, we're probably worse off than, than we've ever been. Our, our views on basic concepts like sex, uh, anatomy, biology, our, our understandings of these concepts are more primitive than they've probably ever been before. Superstitious, even. So now if you say boys have penises, people are upset about that. And, that, and I wrote a piece about that because um, uh, there was an issue in Missouri of a boy, a 17-year-old boy, who for a long time said that he was gay. And then all of a sudden you realize, I'm not, I'm not gay. I'm actually a, a straight female. Um, and so he decided to start using the girl's bathroom. And there was a, a controversy about it. And, and uh, you know, a lot of credit to the students in the school. A lot of them protested. And they walked out and they said, we're not, you know, this is not fair to the girls to let this boy, this guy, this penis bearing individual into the girls bathroom. It's not safe. It's not fair. Uh, they deserve privacy. They deserve security. So I wrote something about that. Um, and of course, I was greeted with uh, a lot of comments and emails. And I'll give you an example of a few. Um, one that said, uh, I would not be I would not be uncomfortable sharing my locker room or bathroom with a transgender. She wants to be accepted into female society as one of us. Why would you ostracize a teen like that? Why is there such a high suicide rate amongst transgenders? Because of closed-minded people like you, talking to me. Seriously, you people are the problem in this country. And I got another one that says, uh, you are a piece of S. Transgender men and women kill themselves, capital letters, because of Christians, quote-unquote, like you. 
Like another one says, uh, I hope you are not directly, I hope you know you are directly responsible when people in the trans community commit suicide because you are closed minded saying women can only have vaginas. You are trash. So just a, there were not a lot of uh, punctuation. That what he's saying is that because I say women have vaginas, uh, people are killing themselves. Okay, th- this is, now I want you to, th- there, there are human beings in America who think this. There are human beings in America who think that when, I, that when an individual says women have vaginas, they are causing suicides. That, that the phrase women have vaginas is so offensive, so controversial, that it's actually driving people to suicide. Another one says the trans suicide rate is not a joke. You have blood on your hands. Um, and uh, there's a lot like that. But none of these beat this comment uh, that, I, that I got from a, a guy on Twitter by the name of Dan a few months ago, we were, I think we were talking about the, trans, the uh, Bruce Jenner thing. And uh, he accused me of, uh, uh, we were talking about Bruce Jenner at the ESPYs. And I said, you know, he doesn't deserve uh, an ESPY for courage. And this guy, Dan, tweeted me and he said, well, you're causing a suicide epidemic when you say things like that. And I said, what, I'm causing suicide epidemics because I think that Bruce Jenner didn't deserve an ESPY? And then he, and I'm going to quote him directly. This is what he said. He said, um, no, people kill themselves because you use wrong pronouns, shame trans people, and endorse discrimination. Now, I really want to hone in on the first part of that sentence. People kill themselves because you use wrong pronouns. So I just, I just, I just want to repeat it so you understand. People kill themselves because you use wrong pronouns. I want you to understand that this might, this might be. Again, the first time in history that that sentence has ever been written, where you know a, an issue of grammar has been attached to suicide. I mean, it's just, I, you know, and I I want to write comments like these off, dismiss them, but I can't. Uh, they need to be addressed because I do believe that this sort of ideological blackmail, which is what it is has been extraordinarily effective in shutting down discussion. You know, nobody wants to cause a suicide, nor do they want to be accused of it publicly. And so increasingly, dissenters remain silent for fear of ending up with, you know, blood on their hands, quote-unquote, if they dare voice an opinion outside of the mainstream. And most importantly, the suicide rate among transgenders, quote-unquote, is, is terribly high, tragically high. And clearly, our progressive attitudes towards the issue have done absolutely nothing to improve the situation. Statistically, they've done nothing. Indeed, they've probably made it worse. Now, I, for one, would never accuse any single individual of, quote, causing the suicide of another person merely by having an opinion. But I think it's obvious that our liberal culture is not providing the answers that we also desperately seek, particularly, uh, quote, unquote, transgender people. So what of the uh, transgender suicide rate? You know, most studies indicate that uh, I think it's something like 40% of gender-confused individuals attempt suicide. This is, here's a conservative estimate. This is conservatively 10 times higher than the rate among the general population. 10 times higher. Now, gay activists will tell us that gender-confused people are subject to bullying, and this explains the suicides, and you'll hear that all the time. You know, they, and and they, they say, well, there are high rates of bullying, which allegedly correlate with high rates of suicide, 
So the one must cause the other. But this is a classic fallacy where we confuse correlation with causation. Just because there are high rates of one thing doesn't mean that the high rate of the one thing causes the other, is the point. Now, I don't doubt that gender-confused people are bullied. And I certainly condemn the bullying of anyone for any reason. I also don't doubt that gender-confused kids sometimes complain of being tormented in school before taking their own lives. You, you see these stories sometimes. A gender-confused uh, child commits suicide and writes a suicide note or you know, posts something on you know, YouTube or Facebook where they complain of being, of being bullied. And so they themselves link the two things. And this happens. It's a, it's a horrible thing without question. But does bullying explain why the rate of suicide attempts are 1,000% higher among transgenders? Bullying is an is a unfortunately common problem. Very few children will make it through 12 or 13 years of grade school without being subjected to an extraordinary onslaught of teasing and insults. Um, and and, and there, there are many kids, transgender or not, who deal with this every day of their lives. Yet the bullied, gender-confused kid is far, 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 far more likely to resort to suicide than the bullied, non-gender-confused kid. Why is that? That's the question. Nobody wants to ask it. Nobody wants to answer it. Nobody wants to discuss it at all. But that's the question. Um, and, and, you know, if we look uh, at external factors, we say that external factors are to blame for the gender-confused suicide epidemic. Well, then, why does the, remain, the rate remain sky high regardless of the external factors? Okay, so if X, bullying, creates Y, transgender suicide... Shouldn't there be less Y if X is less common? So if we're able to decrease X, should we not see a correlating decrease in Y? Yet that isn't how it works. The gender-confused suicide rate remains nearly constant no matter the circumstances. Even in uber-liberal, tolerant places like Sweden, there was a study conducted um, of, uh, of uh, you know, transgender individuals in Sweden. And they found, again, suicide rates sky high. So it's whether we're talking about gender-confused people in Sweden, California, Missouri, Texas, Alabama, Africa, wherever you go, the suicide rate is sky high. But nobody would claim that the acceptance, tolerance, liberalness of all these places are the same. They're vastly different. Moreover... Even if you're going to say that gender-confused people are rejected you know, these days, and, bull- and I, 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 I think, in fact, uh, often they're not rejected. They're celebrated. We saw what happened with, with Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner was not celebrated or respected until he came out as, quote-unquote, transgender. Well, he was when he, when he you know, won the, su- the, uh, the Olympic medals. And then after that, he became a reality TV figure. He was sort of a joke. And now he's celebrated because of that. And that's not like some kind of aberration. It's not happening in a vacuum. This is a cultural thing. Where, in fact, many times, gender-confused people are, are, are more respected and certainly more protected than others who are not. And that's the situation. And even if you're going to say that it's not the situation across the board, it's certainly more the case now than it used to be, yet the suicide rate has not gone down. Now, the LGBT camp has uh, never been able, able to demonstrate that the suicide rate is demonstrably lower in more accepting environments. They've never been able to demonstrate that. They just don't, they just, they don't talk about it, though. 
they haven't been able to say, well, look, the suicide rate of transgenders in Oregon is much lower than it is in, uh, uh, you know, Arkansas. Oregon being a, a liberal cesspool, Arkansas being, I suppose, a backwards Christian cesspool down south. But they've never been able to demonstrate that. Now, here's another thing, because the next the next thing might be, well, uh, they're, they're you know, committing suicide because they can't get gender reassignment surgeries. But they've done studies on that. That study I told you about in Sweden, now this is a liberal place like Sweden, they studied people who uh, had completed gender reassignment. And they still found that the gender confused are much, 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 much more likely to resort to suicide. Uh, sometimes even more so after the, the gender reassignment because they experience regret. But this again makes no sense according to liberal orthodoxy. Uh, if they're able to become their quote true selves, the disparity in suicide should disappear, but it doesn't. And there's something else. The link between acceptance and suicide doesn't hold up when you look at other groups. For instance, suicide rates among black children are tragically up over the past few decades, which makes no sense. Now, I know you're going to say, well, racism is still alive in this country. And if you think that, I, I, I assume we would all agree, well, it's certainly not as alive today as it was 30, 40 years ago. Yet, the suicide rate has gone up. Well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. In fact, if you look at, um, you know, and sociologists have noticed this, that uh, oftentimes in minority communities, which we're told the gender confused are a minority. In, in fact, I don't think that you're in a quote community because you suffer from, you know, a tragic mental illness that doesn't put you in a community, but all the same, if they are a community, usually you, you look at, per, you know, persecuted minorities. So whether we're looking at blacks in this country, pre-civil rights, or you go over, you look at Christians, you know, in the middle East, you look at persecuted minorities who are murdered legally. And, and, and rarely do you find that the suicide rate is higher. In fact, oftentimes it's lower. There's this resilience that, that occurs in persecuted minorities that sociologists have noticed, which is very interesting. And you'll never find, I don't care, you take any persecuted minority that's ever existed, and I'm talking about really persecuted, like killed, beaten, raped, do all these things legally, you're not going to find that any of them have had a suicide rate at 40%. It's never happened. Because I'll tell you something, if you had a minority community that was suffering a you know, 40% suicide rate uh, for a long stretch of time, they wouldn't exist anymore. It's not sustainable. So where does that leave us? Because I, I said, I, I admitted, of course, that the, the gender-confused suicide rate is enormously high. And it's not enough to just say, well, the progressives are wrong in their, in their uh, diagnosis of the situation, which they are. They're very wrong. There's no facts to back it up. It seems logical enough to say, well, uh, they're, they're bullied, so they, they kill themselves. It seems logical enough. It seems easy. It seems simple, but it's not that simple. It's not that easy. It is quite logical, but it's not that simple or that easy. The facts do not back up what they're saying. There's no evidence for it at all. The facts, in fact, uh, uh, conflict with what they're saying. So I'd like to offer another explanation, and it's very important. Because there are people out here there who are suffering with this, and I think there are going to be more people suffering with it. I think there's an element of mental illness to the uh, gender confusion. But I also think there's uh, a cultural element to it. I think you have a lot of kids who, are gr who grow up, and uh, you know, they see all this stuff going on with, in the culture, in the news, with transgenderism. And they don't have, they don't have in many cases, uh, 
guidance at home. You know, they, they, they maybe don't have, and this isn't, the, the, this isn't the case with all of them, but in some cases I think it probably is true that they don't have parents who are there to say, okay, well, this is, you know, this is who you are. This is what it means to be a man. This is what it means to be a woman. They don't have that. And so, you know, maybe they go through puberty and they start having uh, conflicting, confusing feelings and they see all this stuff around them about, well, okay, gender is fluid and you can be any gender you want. Of course that's going to be confusing. I think there has to be some underlying issues there in order to become so confused by it. But if you already lack parental guidance at home, if you already maybe suffer from some, from some psychological difficulties, uh, and then and now you're going through your kid, you're going through puberty, your horm- hormones are raging, you're very confused about things, as all kids are, particularly at that stage of development, and you've got the culture telling you, and, and your schools and everyone telling you, that, hey, genders, hey, you just, you're whatever you want to be. Of course it's going to become confusing. But the thing is, there's no hope in confusion. There's no joy in it. Now, the real joy in life is when we come, number one, closer to the truth, but when we also come to accept ourselves. And there, there's a lot of uh, you know, talk, you know, and a lot of it's kind of psychobabble about we have to be self-acceptance, accept yourself. And a lot of it's nonsense. But the underlying point is true that we do have to accept ourselves, accept who we are. And come to love who we are. That's something that we do have to achieve. And it has to be a very distressing thing when you are unable or unwilling or having difficulty in accepting you know, who you are. The person that God made you. Because here's the truth. Our bodies and our souls. It's not like our souls are just this. You know, your soul is not like some fluidy substance that's sort of contained in the shell of your body. No, the truth is much more beautiful than that. The truth is that there's a harmony there, that you are your body and you are your soul. You are both. You are one. Those two things are one. Your body is not an irrelevant part. It's not just like the shell, okay? It's not the outer casing. It's not just skin and bone and flesh. It's more than that. It, it is who you are and your soul is who you are. They are one. There's a harmony there. And when we feel that the, the two mismatch, or when we're told that the two mismatch, or they can mismatch, then there's a deep agony. Because how can we go through life, how can we find joy and happiness in life, if we cannot begin by accepting that we are who we are, and that that is a good and beautiful thing? So when a kid starts to struggle with this, is oh, you know, I think I'm really a girl... What he needs to be told, and, and I think there needs to be psychological counseling, spiritual counseling, but through all of that, the message should be clear that no, you're a boy, you know, this is who you are, this is your body, it is connected to your soul, the two are one, and that is a beautiful and good thing. You're not a girl, and it's good that you're not a girl. And it's not like there's anything wrong with being a girl, but that's not who you are. That's not who you were chosen to be. That's not the identity that you have. And this is you. I think what it really comes down to is self-hatred. You know, what we call transgender is really a deep, deep self-hatred. And that, uh, I don't know if that is what drives you know, every suicide, but I think many, most suicides perhaps, 
are driven, whether we're talking about gender-confused people or anyone else, they're driven in the end by a self-hatred. After all, it's the most, you know, what is the, 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 the greatest statement of, of, of hatred against yourself that you can make? It's when you commit that act of violence against yourself, when you erase yourself from the earth. That's what it comes down to. Even if they're bullied uh, or not, or, you know, whether they live in Oregon or they live in Alabama or they live in Sweden or they live somewhere else, um, the fact is that if that self-hatred is there, if there's that inability, that unwillingness to accept who they are and to see the beauty and the truth in it, the purpose in it, if, they, if they're struggling with that and if they're not given help, then I think that can eventually lead to suicide. I think being teased and made fun of can... Can certainly, um, it certainly doesn't help, and it can drive someone further in that direction. But whether someone is gender-confused or not, if they're suffering already from that underlying self-hatred, which in fact a lot of kids are because they don't have that guidance, and they're not taught how to properly love themselves, not in this egotistical way where we're obsessing about self-esteem and all of the nonsense, but to, to love who they are because they are children of God. That is a love that we should have for ourselves, and it's a love we should have for everyone else. But if a child does not have that, if they haven't been taught how to, you know, how to experience that, if they haven't taught, been taught what that means, then it turns into self-hatred, self-loathing, and um, they're on the path towards self-destruction. And if they're teased and bullied, it might help them along the way, but even if they're not, they're still headed in, heading in that direction. That's what really distresses me about this, this uh, transgender thing. So everyone pretends to care about them, pretends they, they care about the, the transgender suicide rate, but... What they don't want to talk about is that clearly these people are crying out, saying, I don't like myself. I am unhappy. I feel hopeless. And so what they need to be told is that there is hope and there is happiness to be found and you should love yourself. Not love some, some, some uh, you know, fantasy that you have of yourself. Not, not love some version that you've created in your head, but love who you are. You, know, you don't go mutilating yourself to chase some dream of who you think you're supposed to be. But no, love who you are and the pieces that you've been given because you have them for a reason. That should be the message. That message, along with intensive, as I said, psychological and spiritual counseling, and, uh, and I think we might see a drop in the suicide rate, but, but you know, instead we're heading, heading in the opposite direction because these kids are confused and uh, they, you know, they, they, they don't understand what's going on and they say, oh, I think I'm a, you know, I think I'm something other than what I am. And rather than, than having someone grab them by the hand and saying, no, no, that's not true. You are who you are and it's beautiful. Rather than being told that, they're immediately told, oh, yeah, true. Yeah, that's what, yep, you're right. But deep down they say, no, that's not the answer that I wanted. That's not the right answer. Because now I'm even more confused. Don't you understand? I'm saying I hate myself. And what you're telling me is, yes, keep on hating yourself. I think it's I think it's a tragedy. I think it's a damn tragedy. And uh, you know these kids deserve better than that. They really do. All right, that's gonna do it for me. Um, have a great weekend, everybody. Akuche salus. Godspeed. Buck Sexton. Somebody's life is going to be at least temporarily, if not permanently, ruined because a bunch of politicians want to seem like they're tough on crime by creating not just a gun-free zone, a water gun-free zone. These sorts of idiotic laws hurt people, and they also compound other idiotic laws such that we are living within the tyranny of endless stupid laws. 
Buck Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network.